Good morning, all. <clears throat> Where did my voice go? <laughs> Got a little rough there for a minute. In season and out of season. That's our topic for today. Have you ever tried to put together a puzzle uh, without seeing a picture of the puzzle first, a picture of the completed work? I don't know about you, but I really, really need that picture to guide me in putting the puzzle together, especially those that have a lot of pieces. When I look at all the pieces scattered around um, on the table, I cannot, I cannot begin to comprehend how to put the puzzle together because there's no sense of order to it. Um, sometimes I first look for the ones that go around the edges and I put the edges together and then I fill it in from there. Uh, but before me, when I look at that puzzle, especially if it has a lot of pieces, it looks like what my, uh, my daughter-in-love calls a hot mess. A hot mess. Just pieces scattered everywhere that make no sense. My experience with not liking puzzles or being puzzled by puzzles Began, began when I made a hot mess one time when I was working with children. Um, they had a puzzle, had puzzle trays to put their puzzles in. And as you know, the children's puzzles are made of wood. So uh, we have these nice little trays that have, um, that hold about, I believe, 10 trays each of puzzles and you can slide them in on the wired rack and then stack them neatly on the shelf. One day I was grabbed two of the puzzle trays uh, which I thought I could handle because after all I was a grown up and I was a little stronger than the kids. So I grabbed these two puzzle trays not realizing how heavy they were and I tried to balance them and put them on the shelf. Unfortunately, to my surprise, I dropped the trays on the floor. And you're talking about a hot mess. The puzzle pieces scattered everywhere. So there were 20 puzzles on the floor, all going everywhere and scattered. I froze. I didn't know what to do. For you see, in my classroom, in order to keep order and keep everything nice and neat, my rule was, if you make a mess, you got to clean it up. Same rule we have at home sometimes. If you make a mess, then it's your job to clean it up. I hadn't, didn't have the foresight at that time to say, okay, if you make a mess, then, you know, if you need help, you know, maybe somebody else can help you. <laughs> so anyway, 
eyebrows and fear crossed my forehead. I was embarrassed. I didn't know what to do. How was I going to take care of this mess I made? I was responsible for cleaning it up, but to my surprise, even though I knew I couldn't do it, I couldn't even ask for help. I actually froze, and the room became very quiet. The teacher had made a mess. What was I going to do? Anyway, to my surprise, guess who came to my rescue? Every child in the class. I had about 18 to 20 students, and they all came to my rescue even the ones who gave me trouble most of the time. And a little child shall lead you. That outpour of gratitude came from my heart. I was so glad that I was rescued from a faith worse than death. I was the teacher, after all, and I should have been able to handle that situation. I celebrate, though, when I look back what the children had done. They handled the situation with compassion and love. What does God think about us when we make a mess of our lives? After all, being human, we often make a mess of things. Often, we don't think about what the consequences are of things that we do. Often, we find ourselves in situations that we just cannot handle on our own. We think we know how to do stuff. We think everything's okay, but we often stray off the path of righteousness and wander away from the fold. When you find yourself in pieces, like a puzzle, because life is really like a puzzle, what do you do? Your life is pieces are all scattered. We don't get to see the whole picture all the time. And that's why we sometimes have to sit down and reflect and think about what we are doing with our lives and try, try and figure out what the whole picture actually looks like. God, though, can take those scattered pieces and put them back together. We have to give God all the pieces, not just some of them. You know how sometimes you tell part of the truth when you're in trouble with your mom or dad when you were younger, but you didn't tell them the whole truth? Or 
you're afraid to tell them the whole truth. We sometimes try to hold things back from God, but God knows exactly what we're doing. God knows all the pieces. After all, God made the pieces. God put us together. It is God who knitted us together, and God can put us back into place. Our God is a loving God. Beyond our outward appearance, God looks more deeply. God looks with divine eyes. God knows us inside and out. God doesn't point fingers or take on judgment. With our own eyes, we are limited by what we see. Our humanness causes us to be limited in what we see. We don't see potential sometimes in other people, or we don't see everything that they do. We don't see all the things that they do to put, uh, that are pleasing to God. Sometimes when we don't see things, we make judgments and we say, oh, you didn't do that, or no, that can't be. We see, unfortunately, too many limitations. Because we're looking on the surface and the outside, what we see is a shallow of what the person really is. We are lost like lost sheep sometimes, scattered around the countryside. But it is God gave, who gave us the good shepherd, the great shepherd, who leads us and guides us safely back into the fold, a shepherd that protects us when we put ourselves in danger. And yes, I did say put ourselves in danger because we all do stupid things or what some people may call stupid things. You only have to mess up once sometimes to cause a problem for yourself or for others. What we do, what we say, and how we act makes a difference. But our God is a forgiving God. Our God is a compassionate God. Our God is a loving God. And when we confess our sins and accept Christ, which many of us have done, we accept Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, and we are reconciled and made new. New, you say? When we come up out of the waters, we look and act the same. But we are still growing. We are still growing, growing from the inside out. The old has vanished or is becoming less important, and the new self is evolving. Let us see with new eyes when we look around and see with new, a new heart and a renewed spirit and live accordingly as God is our model and Jesus is our model. Be forgiving, be compassionate, and be loving and kind. 
When we confess our sins and accept Christ, we have said, this is what we want to do. Let us see, as I said, with new eyes. God has not called us, though, to be perfect, but God does call us to have one perfect mission. And I'm always saying this, we're not perfect. God knows we're not perfect. But God does call us to a mission of being faithful and loving unconditionally and loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. Live a life of faith as the light shines from within you. You're living from the inside out. Live in such a way, whether uh, it, it is in season or out of season. It doesn't matter what season it is. This is the season of winter, and most, many things that we do in the summer are shut down. And things, even the, the plants and the trees are, look dormant, but there's still something going on inside. God doesn't shut down in the winter. God is still working. God is still working with us. So we can't shut down either. We can't be what is called what some people call fair-weathered Christians only to do good when it is easy, when it is convenient, or when it is comfortable. No matter what chapter we're in on in our lives, no matter what journey we're on, stay on the path and be the people or the person that God has for you to ordain for you to be. Beloved children of God, press on. Press on to receive the heavenly prize that God has ordained for each and every one of us. Amen.